All righty, everybody, welcome once again to the Independent Street Podcast. I am Tyrell Ventura here on Die First Then Quit, and I am joined today by the one and only Tabitha Wallace, my former co-host on Watching the Hawks, and we are here because part of the great duty of Die First Then Quit is to bring ethics and games journalism. <laughs> Um, No, Tab had sent me over this fantastically interesting story uh, looking at a weird confluence of, what would you say, Tab, like pop culture icons? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of them. Yeah. In good ways and in bad. Yeah. We have uh, apparently... Uh, Hasbro sent the Pinkerton Agency, yes, the Pinkerton Agency, which you've probably only heard referenced in like video games like Red Dead Redemption or TV shows like Deadwood. Uh, yes, the Hasbro, the gaming company, sent the Pinkertons to go after someone who was apparently doing something that they didn't like with Magic the Gathering cards. Right. And and your average person, I would say 50% of listeners either do not know who the Pinkertons are, don't know what Magic the Gathering is, or doesn't know what Hasbro as a company like sort of does. Exactly. I think that like nobody would even think that these three things would come together. No. But for those who even know one of them, they're going to be like, uh, what? <laughs> like, you know, um, Tab... I want to ask you, like, could you, like, kind of just give me the, give us, like, the 10,000-foot view, and then we'll dig in deeper. But, like, okay, Magic the Gathering, Hasbro, Pinkertons, how do these three things converge? What the hell is going on here? And, and why is it actually important? Well, there's actually a lot of really important things that you get through all of the sort of fluffery of weirdness that is in and around this this entire story. You have to start with the Pinkertons. Uh, which were started around 1850-ish by a guy who, oddly enough, last name Pinkerton, um, (laughs) who got famous because he sort of buddied up to Abraham Lincoln during um, during his campaign and sort of got famous claiming to have foiled a plot to assassinate Abe Lincoln. Now, that would be great because the Pinkertons also were one of the first and only uh, intelligence services or detective agencies or anything that had hired women and minorities. However, it was because people couldn't believe that they would be smart enough to be spies. That's why the Pinkertons used them. So anyway, there's this whole story. You'll see it every once in a while. They're like International Women's Month. They're like the woman detective who foiled the plot. And it's like there's a whole host of historians and literature experts who are like, uh, there's like no actual evidence there ever was a plot. <laughs> like, I think he just made it up to just get to, famous. But just to get like the, the just to basically be like, hey, you know, Honest Abe, can you uh, can you give us like your thumbs up? 
you know. Right. Now, so were the, now like, let me let me ask you this: Were the Pinkertons like a were they an official government agency, or they were completely kind of just like a private industry detective force? Yeah, totally private industry. It started out uh, Alan Cooper Pinkerton and a Chicago lawyer put together the first, which was Northwestern Police Agency, which eventually became Pinkerton and Company, which eventually became the Pinkerton National Detective Agency, which was purchased in... um, 19, I want to say 1999 or in the night something. Uh, Anyway, it was bought by Securitas AB. It's a Swedish security firm, which is where we are today. They are huge. The Pinkertons still exist. And the reason that's odd is he didn't just like, well, one, you're the guy who like saved Abe Lincoln once and then ran a security. That didn't end well. So a little bit of a branding problem there. What Pinkertons are historically known for by most people who know anything about them is being like the most uh, brutal bootlicking rent a cops history has ever seen. <laughs> wow. They, like I said, they hired women and minorities because people thought they used the idea that people thought they were too stupid to be spies. Um, at one point they were the largest at the end of the 1800s, they were one of the, there were the largest private law enforcement organization in the world. Wow. That's incredible. In the world. Wow. The only thing that really put them out of business, by the way, was modern policing. <laughs> so yeah, once, once like the government got its act together and said, Hey, we could actually, we can do this officially. We can create the FBI. We can do this. It kind of said, uh, yeah, we don't really need the private contractor cops. Right. They And and to that point, the government said, we can overthrow labor movements on our own, which is what the Pinkertons, by and large, were was what they did. The late 19th and 20th centuries, they were famous for sort of taking care of organized labor wherever it popped up. They would infiltrate unions with spies. They supplied guards to keep union supporters out of factories they beat people up they put together brigades of like goon squads to go out and intimidate workers and that all came to a point where in 1892 there's a really famous steel workers union strike at one of carnegie's many steel plants the industrialist and it led to, I think, nine steel workers and three Pinkerton agents were killed. Wow. <laughs> so it was, that's, they're known for literally just being like these awful rent-a-cops that aren't cops, but do everything else. Like, and that if you have enough money, you could just sort of push the working class around. Mm. Um, mm. Then, like, the, the 20th century, they rebrand as a personal security company. 1999, they're bought for $384 million by this Swedish security company. That's wild. Which which brings us to today, which exists, Pinkerton Consulting and Investigations. Hmm. Now, what do Pinkerton <laughs> Consulting and Investigations have to do with something called Magic the Gathering? Well, first you have to know what Magic the Gathering is. It's a card game. 
I could not explain to you how to play it. I couldn't figure it out 20 years ago. I am in awe of people who can. It's not my kind of gaming. I think there's too much math. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember I remember Magic the Gathering in like the 90s, like is when it kind of really hit if I if my memory serves me correctly because it was like kind of a it, it's like a all right from like a layman's perspective and then you can you know jump in and add on it's basically like a card game version of like Dungeons and Dragons to a certain degree it, it, it's it's you know set in like a magical world you can cast spells you have you know shields you have all these things but it's done in like a card game perspective and and the cards right. it's are like collectible based yeah, it's turn-based card gaming, and the cards are super collectible, and they have powers, and mm-hmm. there's rare cards, and there's common cards, and you know it has a huge fandom. It, it, doesn't it? Isn't it? Wait, if I'm not mistaken, didn't at one point like ESPN five used to do like the Super Bowl of Magic yes. Gathering? Yes, yes, they did. Thank you for bringing that up because that is one of my favorite memories of cable news. Probably one of my only fond memories of cable news was flipping on cable at somebody's house and seeing the overhead shot of a magic, the gathering table, two people and hearing the announcer go fireball. I can't like your whole, it was so amazing. And it was like when they had like ESPN seven, like it was way on the back channels past the, like pool tables and bowling. It's on yeah. the other side, but I was like, yes. And anytime I was like, oh, is there an, I would watch because it's fascinating. It's like, you know, a turn-based, it's like any sort of turn-based game. Yeah, it's skill. It's like skill and chess in in that. And it's kind of set in this kind of Dungeons and Dragons-esque world. And, and, and people get top dollar for these cards. Like they're right because there's only so many of certain ones printed, so you know you can't sort of stack your deck with a whole bunch of really powerful cards because they only put out a certain amount, and they don't always tell people. Like they they keep it close to their chest, like most games and stuff do. So they have expansion packs that come out. Love it. It's like poker on a pretty regular meets everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, fantasy football, like all rolled into one. All right, so... Magic Magic the Gathering is owned by a company called Wizards of the Coast. Mm. They also own Dungeons & Dragons. Ah, okay, makes sense. That's Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast was purchased in 1999 by Hasbro. A lot of things being bought in 1999, apparently. The Pinkertons and Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, yeah, a lot of money and some weird security and stuff. <laughs> so, so anyway, we're back to these cards. There's an expansion pack. And this guy who's married is sitting in his house with his YouTube channel where he talks about his Magic the Gathering cards. He makes an order from Wizards of the Coast for some items. They mistakenly send him the unreleased expansion pack titled March of the Machine, The Aftermath. So that's not supposed to release until early May, so next week. They accidentally sent it to him. Apparently, their office tried to call him a couple of times but never left a voicemail message. He posts videos on his YouTube Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, saying, hey, he reveals like 75% of the cards that are in this expansion bag. On Friday, 
Pinkerton agents sent by wizards of the coast went to his house, apparently wasn't home, so they door knocked all his neighbors. That's the first thing they did. They knocked on every neighbor's door asking where he was and what do you know about him? Implying that he's a thief, by the way, because that was their charge that he had stolen property. And when they showed up to his house on Saturday, so the first video he posts on Wednesday, by Saturday morning, the Pinkerton agents show up on his doorstep, push their way partly into the house past his wife until he turns around and is like, no, we're going to do this outside. Like, you need to go. Yeah, you guys aren't actually police. You're not FBI. Like, no, we'll, we'll handle this discussion outside. Good for him. Good for him to like, yeah. Good for him. They made his wife cry and he was like, nope, you're going to move this out. So essentially they say, you have stolen property. We've tried to get in touch with you. Like it's been weeks, months, years. It's been three days. Wow. <laughs> you sent them. So they do all this threatening about $200,000 fine, six years in prison. All Like they're just laying it on thick about this whole, you have stolen property. Eventually they leave. Was he forced himself in? Yeah, recovering stolen goods, which they still don't have the right to go in your house. Yeah, it's a private security agency. They can't just bust in your door and be like, we're, we're coming in and hand over the, the magic, the gathering cards. Right. So ultimately, they leave. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have him back to you next week or whatever, like, or tomorrow. Like, just get out of my yard. According to Wizards of the Coast, the company sent the, an investigator, quote, as part of an investigation into the unauthorized distribution and disclosure of embargoed product. And only after several phone calls went unanswered, the investigator, the company says, visit him and asked him to reach out to us as part of our investigation. This is amazing. They go on to say, like, okay, we, they say, you know, he agreed to do both. We're replacing all the unreleased product with the product that he intended to purchase. So even they're saying this wasn't. Yeah. And they're trying to make this. So many phone calls went unanswered. They called him on Friday from a blocked number. So he didn't answer and then didn't leave a voicemail. Yeah. yeah. And Saturday morning, the Pinkertons, guys with guns. Right. Right. Like, this is ridiculous. Mercenaries. I, yeah, mercenaries. Mercenaries. Yeah, good, good, good adjective. Yeah, exactly. Mercenaries. Private I, security is mercenaries. You hired mercs for a deck of cards. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, that's what really... That's worth, like, 50 bucks or something. Like, it's really the most ludicrous. They've done less for iPhones. It's the fact that you have a private company can send a security investigation like or like you said mercenary group uh private security company to knock on somebody's door over what ultimately pans out to be a mailroom mistake right and reading the article too it was really interesting because initially didn't wasn't it like wizards of the coast i.e hasbro initially said well we thought he stole these things and then later they're like, oh no, it turned out, yeah, it was a mistake. Yeah. Like, like, how did he seal them? He doesn't work for you. He does, like, 
Like who's who are you trying to catch here? Exactly. And did and... somebody steal some shit from your warehouse? You should figure that out. Exactly. But to go after this guy, poor Dan Cannon, just sitting in his house, opening his package from Wizards of the Coast and being like, hey, cool. I guess they released it early. Plus, it's like if he was up to like nefarious things, if this dude really went out there and and may I, you know, really went out there and stole these cards and got them illegitimately. Why would he make a video about it? Right. Why would he go on on YouTube and be like, you know, hey, check this out. Like, Why would he then make videos about having the cards? Yeah, instead he'd be like keeping them secret and then waiting to like unleash him yeah. at the next Super Bowl, uh, the next Magic the Gathering right. Super Bowl on ESPN 7. Super Bowl, <laughs> right. I'm like, there's nothing. But this is what, this is why I talk about a lot of things that don't seem important to a lot of people. Like who cares about video games or who cares about this card game or who cares about this? The problem is what you have is a structure of very rich corporations that use very fascist tactics to scare the crap out of people and make them believe that they're in some sort of legal trouble when they make an excuse. And partly that's because a bulk of their their money, their profits come from these licensing deals. Mm. They don't make anything. They don't create anything. They just let other people do it. That's the business Hasbro's in now. They're, you know, you... There's Monopoly, there's Clue, there's this. Like, they're just licensing those things out now. They're not studios. It really, like, bothers me in that rather than taking the time, it, it just shows you where corporate America's headspace at, or at least at least part of corporate America's headspace at, is at. It's like rather than taking the time to say, okay, we didn't get this person on the phone a few times, let's keep calling in our own internal investigations, let's try to figure out what happened. Clearly, they knew his name and address. They could look up to see, well, what did he order? What's his interactions with our business been at this point? I would assume a well-running business would be able to look these things up. Did he make any orders recently? Oh, I see what happened. He ordered X, Y, and Z. We accidentally sent him this. Well, Roger in the mailroom or Roger, you know, or whoever, man, you made a mistake. Yeah. We can internally fix this problem while we're trying to get a hold of this person and handle this professionally. Instead, it's really frightening that like there are people in corporate America right now that would be so quick to call the Pinkertons on what essentially yeah. is their customer base. <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah. And I think it speaks to some real serious problems in this country when it comes to corporate America and its dealings with its customers, let alone its employees. That's a whole nother conversation, but, but with their customers. And here's my theory after sort of digging through everything about, you know, like what, why this is like when people got, you know, sued for a million dollars because they downloaded some music online or something. Um, it's in the same vein of things. I'm like, well, you're using private police and a private legal system because somebody like leaked your tracks a few days early. Mm, great point. Great point. And that's the part where you're like, are you a toy company anymore? And I don't think Hasbro is. And I don't know that Wizards of the Coast is. As I had said earlier, Wizards of the Coast also owns the D&D property that they bought. 
they bought the D&D property, then Hasbro bought them. I think it was the D&D property that probably rushed that sale more than anything else that Hasbro was looking at. But they very famously, a few years ago, said that anybody, because there's a whole secondary market of people who write stories and dungeon crawls based on the D&D game framework. Mm-hmm. Like, it's meant to be played with their set of rules in their book, right? So it's always been an open gaming situation where people use it and they don't have to pay. Well, Hasbro decided that Wizards of the Coast should start charging those people and getting their cut. Oh, man. Here comes that corporate greed machine, right? Real quick, right? <laughs> Fans were very, very upset and revolted. And then they went back on it and said, oh, sorry. Here's my theory on why that happened. Hasbro is the company that is uh, owns, like I said, Dungeons and Dragons, Wizard of the Coast, which owns uh, Magic the Gathering and a bunch of other properties. They also own G.I. Joe, Monopoly, Nerf, Play School, My Little Pony, Transformers, Peppa Pig. Oh, yeah, yeah. Power Rangers and Tonka. And that's just a few. They also own a bunch of other stuff. So so they own all of that intellectual property. Who do you think owns like 80% of their stock? Mm, I have no idea. Financial institutions. Vanguard Group. Capital Research Investment, and BlackRock. Oh, God, not BlackRock. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep, BlackRock. One's about 9% of Hasbro. The very ones Those that, are the that shareholders. rip off. Yeah, the very ones that rip off homeowners, the ones that have, have bought off our politicians, like all of that nasty bed of snakes, uh, financial snakes. Um, oh, wow, that is, that's like... and And... And they just sent their private police force to someone's home over a YouTube. It's not like this guy had a hundred million followers on YouTube either. Like this is the most traffic a site's ever seen. And it's because people are so dismayed by the fact that, yeah, I'm like, it's there. That's why I say I'm like, they do that because it's a good dry run for when they do it for houses, when they do it for cars, when they do it for anything. Yep. Yeah. It sets that precedent and makes that the easy call to make rather than rather than internally figuring out what happened. Well, this person clearly this customer is clearly in the wrong and up to no good. We're just going to, you know, fire out the Pinkertons at them. And man, it just it just it it really does play into that like. Corporate dystopia. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is 100 percent. Yeah, it's corporate dystopia. They don't care about the law anyway. Hasbro doesn't care because it's a bunch of bankers. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like it, it just it 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 it's just this unchecked, unregulated mess of yeah cor- corporate dystopia where it's like. And I think this is a good. It's it's one of those. You almost look at a case like this and it's like, God, is this the canary in the coal mine? You know, are we going to see more and more of this kind of? actions by by these corporations where we're going to go after some poor youtuber or or you like like you, i think is a good analogy made there tab of like oh okay 
let's go after this person who's late on a car payment or late on a house permit payment and, mm-hmm. and you know send send a mercenary group after them uh to to what recollect the payment intimidate them i mean you know that's the that's the tragedy of it and and if they thought there was a crime if they really legitimately thought that yeah. this person uh cannon was his name if they really thought that this this guy yeah. cannon committed a crime to do this there's agent call, there's, the, cops. call the cops like, you know, like <laughs> it's not like, that complicated yeah <laughs> legal the legal department should tell you call the cops if you think this kid or not even a kid like i said he's a married man like he's an adult if you thought this guy was stealing why would you not check like you said why wouldn't you check the order? See if he ordered something. How did this get from where it is in the warehouse to this guy? Mm-hmm. And they assumed it was some wild conspiracy. Some Ocean's Eleven uh, heist. Where, right. It was this Ocean's Eleven heist with like seven nerds, one hot chick, and they somehow got in and got these cards. Which, first of all, this is the most press that Wizard of the Coast have gotten for one of their expansion packs. In years. Maybe that's Nobody why they cares. did it. Maybe that maybe ultimately Tep, maybe that's why they secretly did it. I don't want to give them that much that much like credit. Yeah. I'm like, eh. <laughs> like we gotta bring some we gotta bring some light on Magic the Gathering. How can we do this? Let's create some controversy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the bad guy. I'm like, we'll be the bad guy. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But they did pick the bad guys from Red Dead Redemption too, that's as right. you pointed out. Yeah. I mean how who here's that well the pinkertons are available and you're like well where's my bowler hat let me twirl my mustache when you sent me this article i immediately within reading it i was just kind of going like i feel like i'm in like a weird throwback because it's like i hadn't heard of magic the gathering since like i was in high school or like junior high uh i hadn't heard of the pinkertons you know the last time their name was in the headlines was was you know busting people in deadwood um, you know, like, I was just like, going like, how many different eras of like retro throwback can we get in one story? It's like, what timeline did we do? One of those things where we accidentally got a little into another dimension. And this is one of those things where, oh my God, these two things were never supposed to be. Yeah. Talk about your multiverse of madness. It's like, oh my God, we've got like an eight, an 1890s group busting a 1990s game. Or enforcing the law around a 1990s game in the year 2023. I mean, you talk about a weird story, uh, you know. And and like I think that's like you said brilliantly, Tab. Like it is an important story because this is the kind of thing that you could potentially see or is happening already. Um, it just so happened to maybe gain some notoriety because of the names involved and, and that it's a gaming company and things like that. But I mean, I would be curious to hear if there's other stories like this that, you know, maybe don't involve like Magic the Gathering or things like that, but like other people out there who are getting essentially bullied uh, by corporations through agencies like the Pinkertons. I'd also be interested to know how much the U.S. government pays the Pinkertons. But I think that I don't I don't see somebody like Wizards of the Coast having that conversation ever or calling the Pinkertons no. until they're they're wrapped up with Hasbro. Right. And right. then knowing that Hasbro is partially owned by like BlackRock and Vanguard Group and like a bunch of 
banks. Yeah, yeah. It it, makes more sense. Yep, it does. These are the same people who are out there going after, like you were said, is this happening to other people? I guarantee you, unions, Mm -hmm. every freaking union started worker-led labor movement has at least one Pinkerton in there. I bet they do. Or at least one Pinkerton story. Or, you know what I mean? Like, at least they got, like, one story about how the Pinkertons fucked with them. Right? Well, Tab, I got to say, thank you for bringing this story to our attention here at Die First, Then Quit. Because, like I said, it, it, yeah, it's it's pretty comical on a certain level. But on, on a real level, this is out there happening. And you do have this, like, weird corporate dystopia taking place. So I can't thank you enough for bringing this story to us over here. Because this is this is amazing. Yeah, I'm just sort of laughing through the terror of it all. I, I, I'll, I'll end it with this. I just have this terrible feeling we're one step closer to Wayland yutani <laughs>